Mike, how's it going, man? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds great. I love it <laughs> I when know, we start right? podcasts. And it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, we're just it's, talking about some really great, great things. And you're like, yeah, everything whatever. is everything is chaos it's, right now. It, it so really it's is. Mad. It's kind of nuts. Well, so here, here's crazy. So you're talking about chaos. Like, I, I feel like everything's always, there's like chaos and order. And we're constantly trying to find ways to bring order to this chaos, this madness. And like, chaos. yeah. And it like, it, it comes, it goes. Um, it's actually, I was reading a book recently called uh, Notes on Complexity that speaks to this very issue. But, sounds, you know, sounds one, very highbrow. It's very highbrow. And I understood two pages. Um, no, that's not true. It was really, really good. Um, actually, it's something I'd like to bring up in another episode. But um, wh- right what now. I was, what, in terms of like order, you know, obviously, societies, countries, governments are trying to figure out ways to kind of grapple with AI, right? And yeah. I, I don't know if you heard, did you know what's going on in Japan right now with this? No, um, no, no, nothing. No, no idea. Uh, well, what I found you out is, yeah, I do. Thanks <laughs> for asking. Tell me about um, it. Yeah, no, no. What, what happened earlier this month, Japan's education ministry, they basically have set out guidelines where they're emphasizing that students have to learn how to understand and use artificial intelligence, which is striking to me. Um, not because a government's doing huh. that, like because they think that they should. Um, but they are uh, embracing it and they're just recognizing this is just the way things have to go. So essentially what they're looking to do is they're saying, well, students have to be able to, and this is basically like third grade through high school. So it's not like below that third grade to me seems a bit young, but whatever. Right. Um, in any event, they want guidelines. Uh, they want to reduce teacher workloads. Um, they uh, want to basically promote uh, the use for learning Eng- the English language, uh, help uh, students to fact check. Uh, and then, uh, but also, of course, have the caveat that students have to like, they can't just simply like use AI and present out on it. They have to essentially do their own work, but use it as a tool, which is something we've always okay. been talking about. Yeah. I think is fantastic. Seems um, logical. Yeah. I just thought it was really, really cool to hear how, um, you know, some, some other country in another part of the world is saying, you know what, we've looked at this and this is what we realize needs to be done. So I thought that was great. And it's made me think about our guest today, actually. Um hmm. So uh, our guest today is William Gruby, um, and so we're going to go ahead and introduce him for you, uh, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about how uh, schools, uh, you know, districts, you know, uh, building leaders, teachers, et cetera, t- students even, can start to kind of grapple with what Japan's uh, doing, uh, you know, uh, across the pond, or many ponds, is it? I don't know. Uh, so right. there you are. You know what, Pat? When when the United States eventually gets around to that, we'll just probably argue and fight about it. Is that cynical? Yeah, I mean that sounds like us. <laughs> we're like an All extended right, family. That, we just want to bicker. All on right. that sarcastic uh, or yeah. cynical note, like, welcome to the show. This is the Bot Brothers AI for Educators. I'm Mike Pearson. And I'm Pat Burns. We're with William Gruby, um, who is currently, uh, you're still in school. You're getting a master's degree in computer science at North Dakota yeah. State University. You said you're out in Fargo. And whenever I hear um, the word Fargo, I, could, I just keep on thinking of a wood chipper in that old movie. Just think of wood chippers. <laughs> Get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you that's, that's it. It's Fargo. It's like wood chipper. Okay. Um, and, and then the, and then the, like the Fargo, like the super North, North America accent, you know, yep, um, it's almost yep. Canadian. Draw my O's, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I think as soon as people hear Fargo, they hear that, but you are the first guest from like that region of the country. So that's super awesome. Awesome. Um, 
Uh, so you've, you're doing cybersecurity stuff, and then you've done um, you've done some presentations to educators, and you're doing training, and you've got your own website to help out people. And we'll put those all that stuff in the in the notes um, for those who are listening in your car, and we'll put it in the in the stuff for the for the YouTube's as well. Um, boy, and so you did an internship also, and that was for cybersecurity. Yeah. So, and anything else you want to fill in about your, like, your, like your background or like, what was your bachelor's in? Were you a comp sci all the way or? Yes. Yeah, so you're like, oh, it's philosophy. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's computer science. So I'm in like this accelerated program at NDSU. So basically I have a year left and I'll actually get my undergrad and master's pretty much at the same time. Oh, um, one of those. I'll get them both at the same time. I'll get, get done in about four and a half years. So that program is absolutely wow. amazing. And, uh, yeah, so all my intern work was done at a service co-op that serviced schools with cybersecurity. But from that, I really got to see where schools were at with technology mm-hmm. and really got to understand that um, teachers don't always have the time in the day to learn about all these new AI tools. You know, they put on so many different hats. And uh, from that, I started presenting at schools about artificial intelligence right when ChatGPT came out. I just mm-hmm. started reaching out like, hey, let's get this in front of your teachers. Like, we need to stay ahead of the curve on this. And that blew up. I presented at uh, 30 plus different districts and even a presentation at the Innovative School Summit in Las Vegas just this past weekend. And given all those presentations, I got to discuss with a lot of teachers and a lot of superintendents. And I was constantly collecting feedback from them, um, pulling them on, hey, what can we do to help you out with all this AI stuff? And uh, from that, I developed an AI and education training. And that's where I'm at now. And uh, it's been taken on by numerous schools across the across the nation, and uh, just really, really, really doing that right now, and uh, just helping out the cost. <laughs> so here's a general question, because you said you, you you were doing this internship at 30 different schools, and you kind of got to see like what schools are doing with technology. Yeah, what are they doing? Yeah, so it just seems like there is a disconnect from where the kids are at <laughs> to where uh, the teachers are at with technology. So uh, you think about. Uh, how well Instagram knows um, the students, like it's mm. constantly has them down on the algorithms. Um, but, uh, you know, the teachers probably don't have the same outlook on their students or on how they're using technology as something like Instagram does. So uh, just knowing their students and uh, how AI is affecting their students, there wasn't much um, clarification there. So that's where I decided to step in and started presenting at schools. But uh, with cybersecurity in Particularly, you think about uh, lots of schools just don't really know about it, and uh, that's what we did. We service schools with cybersecurity. Yeah. What? So here, here, here's a question. Think about. So, so you're saying like the algorithm for Instagram or Snapchat or yeah. whatever, like knows so much more. What What are your thoughts about like privacy information that um, companies have way more information yeah. than, than a school or the government or that like you know if you ever read Big Brother. Yeah you know, in, in high school or in college, like the, yeah. the, the fear was a totalitarian government. Yes. Right. But some people would argue that like the big brother is really like big tech that yeah. they've got. We, and we've willingly gave all of this information up. Like right now yeah. we're probably getting scraped for something, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, with that, you know, there's nothing you can really do about it. They have the information. And, uh, and uh, I think, it's positive and negative in both ways. You know, we get these fantastic apps, but uh, they know way too much about us. Uh, but yeah, with that, 
the data privacy laws with students, you know, it's great that uh, in schools, we were pushing that a lot during my internship is the data privacy laws, you know, kids can't share their personal information while they're at school, you know, everything in their personal life is separate from uh, any information that they're sharing with technology while they're doing schoolwork. All right, let me, let me hit you with a super hard question. <laughs> if if uh, our society is allowing Instagram to, to pull in all of the student information, right? And yeah. then the schools aren't, should the schools be doing the same thing to build the most complete, most accurate picture, um, this service the, the, the kids in the way that Instagram yeah. can service them? Like, are we, are we doing something wrong in the 21st century? And should we be sucking up that information and applying it in a, an ethical, educationally responsible way, just like Instagram is doing that to keep you on their feed, right? Yes, I think that is a fantastic point. You know, we need to know our students way, way better. And we also need to know, we need to outlook them on the future. What does their future look like? And are are we preparing them for what the future looks like? That's where, with the whole AI stuff, the, for one of the first things I say when I'm talking to these teachers is, hey, that 13-year-old, when he's 23 entering the workforce, the AI tool that he has is going to be exponentially better than what we're seeing right now in ChatGPT. So are we preparing that student for that future? Um, I think uh, that is a huge, huge point. How does how do schools, uh, you know, whether you're talking about like, say, principals, uh, maybe superintendents, but more principals and teachers kind of respond to that sort of messaging? Because to, to me, it seems like, shoot, then we need to get on this and figure this out. Yeah. knowing it's going to change and grow, but we got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So while talking to schools, you know, it's really easy to scare people about AI. So mm -hmm. I do my absolute best to make sure there's a really good balance between, hey, look at like, this is a cool tool that we can use to our advantage, but hey, let's uh, prepare our students for the future. I think with superintendents, kind of the first thing that they want me to do, they ask me, they're like, can you just like calm our teachers' nerves on this artificial intelligence <laughs> thing? Okay. So uh, that's huge. And uh, I do that. Um, I, I do that. The first thing I do is more calming of nerves. And then it's all right. Although like this is a great tool, we have to understand it's here and uh, it's here to stay. It's not going away. Um, are we preparing our students for the future? And then it's more of a gradual. OK, now let's take the first step. Let's take the second mm -hmm. step. Mm -hmm. Let's actually do this thing. And that's how the, the AI and education training is set up. Yeah. So how do you calm down a, a group of 50 something year old teachers that yes um, i think the first thing is to show up like, simply showing it what it can do for them they're like oh wow like i can actually use this <laughs> but um that that's the huge thing and also just them understanding that it's not taking their job lots of them are like oh my gosh like artificial intelligence is going to have my job no that's not the case <laughs> can it increase your productivity and make you better at your job absolutely but uh it's not taking your job you know, it's it's interesting you should say that um you know Mike and I were talking about uh out in Japan that the education ministry is looking to essentially uh go full throttle with uh AI and trying to teach uh yeah. teachers right and train them to essentially know how to engage with it and there's this interesting statistic this is from the japantimes.com which I thought was kind of fascinating it said 40 this is in Japan of course uh 44% of parents who have used ChatGPT said they are worried or relatively worried about the use of such AI chatbots uh, by children. This is a direct quote. It says the figure increased to 72.9% for those who have not used ChatGPT. So what you're saying essentially is like, get in there, try it out. Yes. And that within itself is going to help alleviate some of those fears just by virtue of just trying and seeing what its capabilities are. 
Does that sound right to you? That, that that's not surprising to see that. Absolutely. And then when they can see, you know, oh wow, this thing writes my emails in five seconds. This thing right. has plans for me in five seconds. They're right. like then getting them to realize, oh, I can spend more time, you know, having that human-centric education, spending yeah. more time with the students and less time doing the busy work. And another story, um, and this is a true story that uh, one of my best friends from high school just graduated college with a construction management degree. He got his first job in the field as a construction manager and his boss came up to him because he wasn't spending much time in the office, but he was getting all of his work done and he was out in the field the rest of the day. So his boss came up to him. He's like, you're spending two hours in the office in the morning. You're still getting all your work done. We don't have any issues with that, but we all have to spend all morning here before we go out um, to the field. Like how? And then he pulled up ChatGPT and said, and showed him how it's writing his emails. Okay. It's helping him schedule and things like that. And his boss was like, you know, keep doing it. This is fantastic. <laughs> you know, you're spending way more time out in the field, actually managing, you know, he has those okay. personal, personal skills. And, uh, but yeah, you can just see how, if you have a mastery of a topic along mm-hmm. with how to use AI tools to your advantage, it's really invaluable in the workforce. Well, and to that point, you're, you're talking about students, say, at 13, but then by the time they're 23, these things are going to be so much more developed. Like, it seems yeah. to me, then you have, like, it's it's an imperative as an educator to figure out, you, we need to show you how to work this stuff, because you're absolutely, if people are using it now and finding advantages now, like 10 years now or down the road, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's just a given. And students are going to teach themselves, obviously, how to use these tools. And uh, mm-hmm. we really have to understand that, uh, you know, these are going to affect, it's a promise that these tools are going to affect them. And uh, they're going to affect them in ways that are more diminishing to their critical thinking skills. Um, you think about a student who now has TikTok and he has a new video every 15 seconds. And uh, then he goes and tries to listen for an hour and an hour in class about a, about a topic. And he's probably listening for 10 minutes of the hour. And then he's going home with an assignment and he has this AI tool that can pretty much do it for him. You know, there's no thought going on there. There's no critical thinking skills being developed. And uh, that's how I've really framed the training and the presentations around is we need to make sure we're developing those critical thinking skills with our student creating assignments where if you step back and say, if I were to send this home to a student, would they simply be able to plug it all into ChatGPT and be done? If that's the case, you know, you need to tweak some things, make sure you're developing those critical thinking skills, because I mean, in the long run, there's ethical concerns as well. You think about their ability to create their own thoughts, ideas, and opinions, um, we really need to make sure we're developing those critical thinking skills in the students now. So when they're older, they're not limited to what AI gives them. They're able to just use AI and their critical thinking skills and the mastery of the subject in a positive way. Um, so I'm going to have a two-part question. Yeah. How do you define critical thinking skills? And then can you give us an example of uh, something that you think the student could take home and would and would hit those skills without just being all AI? Yeah, for sure. You think about a simple summary. You guys are in both English teachers, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So you think about just simply asking a seventh grader to, hey, write me a summary on Romeo and Juliet compared to write me a summary on Romeo and Juliet and, uh, and relate it to three topics we discussed in class or relate it to um, your parents' attitude or anything like that, you know, it's something that artificial intelligence can't do, even if they're still asking AI, hey, um, 
write the summary on Romeo and Juliet for me. They at least have to read through it, understand the underlying concept, because that's why we're reading it in the first place, and then relate it back to class or something in their life. And more, if you think about a time in your life where you learn the most, like everybody goes to school for four years to go to their job, but you're learning more in that two years on the first two years on the job than you're learning in the whole four years of college because you're actually doing it. Mm -hmm. The whole act of doing and learning together is invaluable. And that's when, that's when humans learn the most. Um, So really getting more in-class activities as well, instead of, you know, having students that woke up. At 6 a.m., maybe they had an activity before school, then they're going to school for seven hours, then maybe they have a sport or they have their job, Mm -hmm. then they're going home to eat supper. Okay, now it's time for homework. Now is the time that uh, we want to develop the critical thinking skills. Like it probably could be better done in the classroom through in-class activities. You know, um, so Pat and I did some some presentations to some teachers. Um, I I I taught a course, uh, two courses. And um, going back to what you said about like kind of calming teachers, like once once teachers use it and they're like, oh, I can use this tool, um, they're they're like very enthralled the technology, right? And then as they learn it, then it hits them that everything that I do, a student can do, right? Yeah. And then they start looking at like you you can get it to generate a pretty you know for our area a pretty solid essay, and you can get it to do sources, and you can yeah. for for your for, for I know it was a quick example you gave, but but it'll make up like a story about your parents and the teacher and, and the, the the difficulty English teachers I, I I think are having some of them are that for an assignment like that there is no way to verify whether what you said about your mom and dad is true, <laughs> you know, because yeah. I mean it's a, in Chat GPT is you know generative it, it'll just make it up. So, yeah. um, so, so I, I appreciate that stuff. I was just thinking like, yeah, we, you know, kind of a similar thing. And then people are really struggling with like, what do the kids do? And, um, I recently just saw a bit where a Harvard grad, this young woman said, uh, she used mm-hmm. chat GPT for everything because she was there to study venture capital and everything else didn't matter. And she's like, you professors got to figure that out. And she was just Harvard grad. And so like, basically what she was saying is like, if it's not something I think is going to help me, I'm just going to have AI do it. And then the stuff that she thought she needed, <laughs> she, yeah. she, I mean, which we, we've been teaching long enough that we understand that, I mean, kids are like, will only put in so much effort if they don't find it interesting. Yeah. But I thought, I thought if that's like kind of the, you know, that's not going to be the attitude of every kid, but yeah. that's always been the attitude of, of, of some kids. But uh, as, as AI gets better and better and better and better and better. Yeah. Right. And, you yes, know, 10 same. years from now and, you know, hmm, what, there's some conversations that are going to have to happen. Um, and then, and then there's just this whole idea is like, if Pat and I joke about this, I was like, when we're doing this podcast and we're doing our trainings, we go, we're, we're teaching the internet and we're Netscape right now. Because like in the nineties, when, when, mm-hmm. when the internet kind of, when people started using it, it was like, oh my gosh, it'll do this and it'll do that. And, you know, so we, we've got that perspective of like this great tool and then but, teachers but, are like, wait, wait, to, you can, you can look stuff up you know, on the internet about Romeo and Juliet. Right. <laughs> and then, and then, oh my gosh, you can't use the internet in class. And then, <laughs> then we figured it out. Right. And then we're in this massive platform shift. And then once we've all shifted, I don't know. Well, into like, that, to that point with Netscape, cause that's for those that don't recall that one, that's a, that's, that's an a old browser. Ago, like day uh, up, but I mean, you, you think about like Firefox, you think about obviously Chrome is still present, but internet explorer, all these different types of ways to, to use the internet. Um, you've got, we've got so many different apps out there right now. 
I mean, I was just looking at some stuff this morning. And phones and people all lists. of a sudden could go on the internet. Remember that when your phone could yeah, go on the it's internet? Just, there's just so many different sort of, <laughs> so many different sort of uh, inventions, if you were, or ways to kind of spin things. And it's, it's dizzying. And yet, um, to Mike's point again, we're, we're, we're kind of at the early stages of that stuff. So who knows where it's going to grow or how it's going to develop. But um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of fascinating. I, I, I don't know between that, the things that we were just saying, if there's anything you want to add or, I mean, you, you, I think you have a, a unique perspective just simply being in a different generation Yes, you're, and, and you're yeah, in the middle in of it, school. right? And yeah. we're just, we're just to two middle-aged dudes, uh, you know, dudes, just trying you know, to talk about it, trying to make sense of it. So, I mean, does that, I don't, does anything yeah. kind of stand out to you in what we were just or, saying? Or how have you been using it in your college classes? There you go. Oh, he's going to yeah, call him right? out. He's going to call him out. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to get in trouble. Your professors are going to hear you, this. You, you, you can be like, no comment. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. Right. Mistakes were made. You can do yes. that one, that old passive phrase. <laughs> or what's the no, other one? Um, like, I, sorry, go ahead. Like when ChatGPT dropped um, with college classes, you know, ChatGPT 3 is pretty inaccurate. So that's yeah. always important to understand. But then when ChatGPT 4 came out, um, that really changed the game um, for us college students as okay. far as accuracy amongst more complex topics like computer science and like, <laughs> like the first. Uh, ChatGPT 3.5, I think, was in the seventh percentile for AP calculus. Mm-hmm. And then for ChatGPT yep. 4, it brought it to the 70th or 69th um, or or maybe 60th percentile. But that massive jump, like this tool has been out for seven, eight mm-hmm. months here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you think about a new iPhone is released every year, but oftentimes it's not much different from the year before. Right. Um, right. So this tool is growing at an extremely rapid, rapid rate. Um, mm-hmm. And we all know that as well. And just uh, now it's kind of an arms race between companies between yeah. countries mm-hmm. who has the best AI tool. So these tools well, are, you know, yeah. Let, let me ask you this way, because, because Mike actually kind of alluded to it uh, with the Harvard uh, student example, right? And when he was explaining that, uh, what was going on through my mind in part was that that student in particular sounds very transactional. In other words, that it sounds like she's going to school to get this one thing and that's all she mm-hmm. cares about. And, and it's at the, I don't know if I want to say expense, but like it's, it's, it's kind of ignoring um, our greater humanity and the things that like, so when you read a story, you're doing it to help you understand what it means to be human, what it means to live, mm-hmm. right? Whereas it sounds like she's just saying, well, I need, I need to get this degree to meet these people to learn this kind of skill of venture capitalism so I can make money, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's a very transactional thing, right? Uh, As opposed to just stopping and thinking about, well, wait, who are we? Who am I? What is my bearing to the world? And how, like, how do we kind of grapple through things, right? So like, you know, going to college to learn about venture capitalism is fine, but um, is it not also equally useful in its own way to say, well, yeah, but how do people grieve or how do you actually mm-hmm. learn to d- cultivate a life where happiness is possible? And I mean, money can help with that. Venture capital can help with that, but it's not. But of course, we know people in stories where they have more money than, than they know what to do with and mm-hmm. they're miserable. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's something else going on here. I guess my question then is when it comes to maybe a difference between transactional sort of kind of thinking and maybe relational sort of thinking. Uh, which we all do at different kind of degrees and different times, but like from a from your perspective, from your, I guess from your vista, your your vantage point, are you finding that students are 
particularly more transactional where like, hey, just give me this thing so I can move on? Or is it like, no, let's actually want to stop and think through these things and kind of like, like let ideas kind of merit in my mind and understand what it means to be yeah. human to live. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it 100% varies from person to person and their own mental frameworks. Like some people are way more transactional and then some people like to stop and think about things. You know, I would say even relating this back to myself, you know, there's always a happy medium as well. Like people are, you have to do things throughout your day that are transactional. Like right. for example, you write emails, you don't want to write emails, but right. you, you, that's all transactional actions. But then also, you know, everybody probably has time in their day, or at least I do, where, you know, I'm listening to a podcast, thinking about those mm-hmm. more philosophy um, topics and uh, really deep, deep, digging deep and just knowing that, you know, with ChatGPT, like ChatGPT dropped in November and it really kind of changed my life. <laughs> um, mm, yeah. You got a company whole, now. Like if <laughs> right? I didn't have ChatGPT, you know, I was going, I was a, I was a grad student. I was giving presentations to schools. I gave 30 yeah. plus presentations to schools, awesome. which think about all the email communication there mm-hmm, and right. scheduling mm-hmm. those times with schools. Yep. And I also had a part-time job at the same time, probably working right. to, you know, 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And if ChatGPT wasn't a thing, there's no way I could have balanced all of that. But because okay. ChatGPT was a thing and I could put input in, get output out, super transactional with ChatGPT itself, I was able to fulfill more um philosophy philosophy things in my mind and um, you know and and by 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 virtue of all the different presentations and people you've met do you feel like that your i guess that that your live lived experience is enriched because you've met all these interesting people and okay and like just my public speaking skills like Mm -hmm. if you would have told me a year ago (laughs) i would have spoken at 30 plus schools and spoken at a conference that is massive in vegas I told you, you're absolutely crazy. <laughs> like I would <laughs> never, never even think about doing that. But uh, here I am. And I, I, I did do that. So and then meeting all the people and really understanding teachers mm-hmm. and understanding, you know, they teachers are like superheroes. They really do want the best for their students and they are willing to listen to you know, I'm 21 years old and they're willing to listen to me to better their students because they think I'm Mr. AI and uh, I uh, am teaching them about artificial intelligence. But I really it's great just been able to talk to people. And uh, like, for example, you know, the connection to you guys, I simply had a really good conversation with somebody at the conference in Vegas. And mm-hmm. here I am. <laughs> here, uh, two, th- two things like kudos to you for for the 30 presentations and for building your mm-hmm. i mean is it, it's i'm assuming it's a company it's a website right yeah for founding one um and then the second thing i think that um that i think teachers understand but i think the the, the greater public doesn't is that students like from kindergarten to like 12th grade the senior year they're all experts in something like they're all really smart in something like, you know, just because you're a teacher doesn't mean you know everything. Right. So I am, I'm not surprised that, I mean, I don't think, I don't think age has anything to do with expertise. Right. So you, you are, you know, cause we teach rhetoric. So your, your ethos about AI, cause you're comp side and you built this company, like, of course you would be listened to. And like, and teachers aren't going to, they don't really care about age. Right. Cause we, we learn, we, we learn stuff from kids all the time. 
right? Yeah. So I just, just want to kind of reinforce that, that like, I mean, kids, students are smart and they're highly skilled and they're, they're all experts in something. And um, so I just wanted to kind of throw those two points out there. Um, what, what do you think? So like, I know you said something about critical, about you, not something, but you talk about critical thinking uh, and given this Harvard person, right, before I launch this question, yeah. how many of your friends were paying for um, chat GPT four? That's a good question. I would say it's really probably 25%. I think you see more people that are in the technical space or are in a degree that uh, is more complex as far as things that chat, not more complex, bad wording, things that ChatGPT isn't good at, (laughs) that had the low test scores. If you're in a field that's going into that, they're buying chat gpt but if you're in a field where you know the chat gpt scores are already pretty good and you're not too much worried about accuracy they're not buying like for mm-hmm. example business majors i don't see many business majors buying um chat gpt4 but i see most computer science students buying chat gpt4 okay help are, are, right? are people yeah. sharing or in other words are, is one person buying and then their buddies like just give me the passcode and that sort so it's kind of like it, it, what well, people would do netflix a little bit or, yeah. or not really I know because I don't think okay. so, no, mainly because okay. it's a Google account and uh, yeah, they're not yeah, gonna right. mess with it. That or makes sense, cyber security, you know. Yeah, you know, you know, going back to those scores, like four came out and like it was like AP comp side was this. The, the two places it scored really low was AP language and composition and yeah. AP literature, <laughs> really. <laughs> Which, and it's like an, an English teacher, like dilemma because it'll write essays, but on that test, it was like 10% or 15%. Oh, wow. And like, and every other AP exam was just killed. And then, the, and then our, our area, it, it, it struggled with, which yeah. I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Right. Um, Cause we're all so rattled. All right. So, so, okay. The, maybe 25%. And comp sci people, that makes sense. I know that yeah. we, we we talked to a comp sci teacher and he said that when when kids are learning to code, he doesn't let them use any AI or GitHub, right? Copilot. Yeah. And then once they once they kind of know what they're doing, it's fine. But, he, he, but he's like, you have to know enough to, to understand if the if the output is actually going to give you what you want. Yeah. Right. You have you have to have a really pretty solid baseline. Um, to, I mean, anybody can obviously generate code on ChatGPT, but to really right. understand what you need um, to fit into the big picture, you, you should, I think it. That's the one thing I was thinking about the freshmen that are taking the classes I was taking back then when I was learning how to code. Like, I really hope they're not using ChatGPT because if I was back then, I wouldn't have the baseline I do today. And now I can use ChatGPT to my advantage and use the use you know it to you know find my bugs in my code and, you know, just make functions faster. But so, I, would, so, yeah. Well, so, so you're really arguing, I guess both of you are arguing, like you need some level of foundation, like you need some oh. content. And then once you have that content or that foundation, that then you can actually really maximize the tool in a way that's actually useful um, uh, rather than just trying to look for shortcuts all the time. So you got to get careful about those shortcuts because um, they, they're not always going to give you what you need or what you want even. Um, so for now. Yeah. And just the amount of the think the thinking patterns before you learn how to code and after you learn how to code are much different. Um, I've noticed that in myself. Like it, it helps with critical thinking a ton. You have to break it down into simple, simple steps. One line step. One line step. Um, I think I think everybody should learn how to code just for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just it's sure. just logic, right? I mean, like yeah. coding is logic. I mean, like right. Well, and 
uh, writing a sentence is logic. Like, I, I mean, I think coding and writing, uh, you know, words, I think they're, I think they're both, they're both related. I think they're both languages. Mm -hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, people, I think people are, don't ever think of like coding as writing, but, but it is right. You, it's a lang yeah, they're literally languages. Yeah, so is math. Like math is, is a language, right. Yeah. And, 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 and they, they all three teach critical thinking skills and logic and, yeah. and, you know, analogies and this goes with this and, and, and flow. Right. And that's the whole reason, like, um, we try to get kids to write a paper is because it makes you order your thought. It, it takes chaos and you, and you yeah. organize it, you structure mm -hmm. it. Right. Yeah. Um, that, and it, I think it's more, it's more prevalent with code because if you mess up your code, if you mess up your syntax, which is an English word, like the order right? An English discipline word syntax. Yeah. If you mess that up, then your program doesn't work, right? And if you mess up the syntax in your essay, the essay doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That, that's a very good, I think it, yeah. Cause that's, I never even thought about it that way. So it's great to get you guys' perspectives on that. And uh, just like for my brain, like coding was it, but for other, other students brain, you know, it's writing, it's writing the papers and, mm -hmm. and things of that nature. Just a quick question. And Last year, towards the end of the year, did you guys experience a lot of students submitting papers with chat GPT uh, written content? <laughs> I know I had one kid pass one by me. Um, <laughs> I, I was on it in November, and then I was yeah. I was I was we were doing satires in my AP Lang class, and there was there was a kid that had it up on his on his district uh, Chromebook. And I was just like, and I had it up too. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, hey, are you using chat GPT? And he's like, what? And I, go, what you, I go, come up here. And you know, I'm like, you're not in trouble. Like, what are you, what are you doing, man? And he was like, I'm trying to get it to like, like revise, give me some help with editing or whatever. And I'm like, I was like, how's, how's it going? He's like, it's not doing very good. This was like chat 3.5. Yeah. But then we played with it, you know, and, and I, I was like, I was on that spectrum of like my jobs over around and I was kind of exploring chat GPD me. I'm like, Whoa, what, what, how am I gonna do this? And, yeah. uh, and so while, while he's up at my desk, we, we got both computers open to chat GPT. We start dropping AP um, prompts into it and having it write essays. Wow. And we both look at each other and we're like, no one's ever going to write essays ever again. <laughs> yeah. I know <laughs> even for myself, like I've always been more of a computer kid. So I've had Grammarly installed on my computer uh, since I well, was and, and in Quillbot's seventh grade. Great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I had a sophomore using Quillbot and, uh, and I hadn't seen it. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you, and he had a Google doc open. I'm like, I'm like, what is that? And he, and then this kid, he, he just goes, he goes, look, it makes me sound smarter. <laughs> and he highlights a sentence and it puts it in parallel structure. And I was like, yeah, it does, dude. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So like the, the parallel structure button for him was a smarter button and, and it cleaned up his papers and I'm like, okay, it's a tool. Yeah. But you know, what's kind of um, cool about that, Mike, is I, I don't think I, no one ever taught me what parallel structure was ever. Uh, like I had to kind of just figure it out. And I actually didn't even realize it was a thing until post-college. I didn't know that was a structure that people use. So like this kid, he usually was a sophomore, I think, right? That he's learning that that's a thing first and foremost, and he's seeing it in use in practice. And so I only yeah. bring that up to say that like, yeah, it's it's kind of like a, I guess in that case, it's a shortcut for him, but it's putting on his radar that, oh, that's a thing you can do so that it might give him an opportunity to like down the road. say, you know what, like whether he uses Quillbot again in a different context, or he's like just writing whatever. And he's like, oh, there's that parallel structure. I can actually do that now. Mm -hmm. Like that's still learning, right? It's still mm -hmm. something. Um, and, and I think it's still a marked improvement from where we've been in the past with instruction. Cause now he's taking a little more ownership for his own writing 
Uh, he's just finding a different way to go at it. Um, and he was, and, and he would submit, he was submitting solid work. Right. So yeah. he, he was using the tool in an appropriate way. Right. Um, well, and on that, on that point, cause Will was asking like, like, I think Mike and I are somewhat unique in our building and that we were uh, much more uh, willing to embrace and kind of play around with AI and have our students kind of play with it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether it's like chat GPT or Dolly two, I've talked about, you know, both in different contexts and other episodes, but uh, I mean, there is that issue, of course, where, you know, because I had one student who definitely had had plagiarized for sure. And yeah. I know I know mm-hmm. that the different systems like a uh, like a zero uh, GPT, you know, that that it has its like it claims that it can kind of detect up to like 99 percent of whatever it was. Yeah, but, it's but so they can be a little scrub. specious. Right. That like depending on like I, I remember this great New York Times article that kind of shows like to what extent uh, these different um uh, programs can actually indicate or identify uh, something's plagiarized or if they're like false positives and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. In this particular case, I knew the kid had, he used it one, cause he told me he used it, but then two, yeah. uh, he had, he had bogus uh, sources. And I'm like, and, and the writing was like, so beyond like what any kid in high school, you know, except for maybe <laughs> like five kids in the building. I'm like, no yeah. student writes like that. Yeah. Maybe at the grad level, maybe. Right. And yeah. so um, so he, I mean, eventually he's like, okay, fine. And he understood. He's like, I get it. And, um, but, uh, so, so that, that, uh, that's going to happen, but you know, you kind of, I kind of took it in stride. The funny thing is later on in the semester is we were, I had students basically create scripts. I said, Hey, I want to, I want to give you permission to actually use it and run with it. And the kid's like, well, here's how you use it. And the kid's like, what? And he's like, you do this, this, and this, and this, and this. And I'm like, see, now use it that way. And I'm okay with it. But to use it and try to pass off your own work, a whole nother thing. He's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> I know, think, so- Pat, that's an, an, that's an interesting point that, that William brought up earlier is that the kids are already using it and they're probably already better than you. Some of them are. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, because right. he knew how to use it because he'd been using it and yep. then he gave you a yep. paper from it, you know? I mean. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Well, and then he was later able to teach his peers, how to use it in a, in a more appropriate way. Cause he knew the difference. He was just trying to you know, cheat essentially, but um, he just needs some course correction, I think. Well, yeah. And that's, and that's nothing new in our job. I mean, it's like, no, no. it's just, it's a little easier, but, but I mean, all the AI writings kind of sounds the same. So you have to do some work. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. wait, let me kind of, kind of add on. So we talked about the Harvard student and the transactional nature. And then this, my sophomore student that was uh, making his writing much, much better. Um, and cause he just needed to get the assignment done and then kind of thinking about the trajectory of education, right? So if, if, if your buddy's job, it's construction is most of the writing's transactional and he needs to be out in the field. Right. Um, yeah. and there's a Harvard student that's like, I just need to get the stuff for the venture capital job. Yeah. For you, William, does that, does that suggest a shift in, um, in education in general that, that, that maybe it's just a, a series of licenses and not degrees like, yeah. like trades, like um, you just, yeah, I just think, uh, education will have to take on like a whole new face in the coming years. Um, especially in high school and, uh, younger than high school as well. Um, just, more focus on, you know, I call it in my training, I call it creating AI resistant content, but it's more just, okay, how can I actually get the student to learn the content? And even if they are to use ChatGPT to learn the content, um, they're using it in a way where it's not just doing everything for them. Yeah. But uh, as far as, you know, them turning more into licenses, I think just really 
needing to get kids to be passionate about what they're learning about and trying to, I mean, they're so young when they're picking their degree. I went to college as a nursing major. So like, Oh, uh, wow. Yes. That's a big shift. Yeah. Complete 360. Um, So just to get them almost more passionate about what they're learning and what opportunities they have and uh, how they can create more opportunity for themselves, I think is huge or else it will be just transactional. Here's your degree, go get job. They go get a job and they might not love it. But uh, I, I think that's more, you know, school to school, how teachers are teaching, do they turn it into more transactional, transactional thing for their students or are they not? Um, are they making them passionate? About I, it? So, I, I think I would argue for it, it can be both. Yeah. Uh, I, I think oftentimes what we do, and we do this in all sorts of facets, I think in our lives where we try to make things very either or. I don't think it has to be either or. I think it could yeah. be both and. Um, and that's that's tough to do. But I think it's something even we, we teach in our like AP language classes. It's like, you know, if you're making an argument. You, know, you can have a position, but you have to kind of entertain different sides and points of view and, and recognize there might be some validity to them. And that's okay. Right. That's a nuanced sort of kind of argument, but we tend to like to break things down to very black and white kind of ways. Um, but I think Mike was, uh, he and I were uh, interested in kind of talking a little bit about um, uh, some of the, the the work that you're doing in the schools. If you can kind yeah. of shift gears a little bit here. Yeah. Um, I think you've got some some content that you maybe want to share with with our listeners. Is that mm-hmm. is that right? Kind of walk us through a little bit of more about kind of like what you're actually saying and yeah. doing in the schools. So, so All for the those stuff who, you built. Sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Those who are like, what are these presentations about? I know you mentioned the, the summit out in um, the innovated yeah. school summit in, in Vegas. You're welcome to, you know, if you want to start there or just jump into your stuff, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if our listeners necessarily know about these things, but yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll link this stuff too. We'll yeah. link it. So if yeah, you sure. want to check it out, they can go to your, your stuff. I'll share my screen here. So from those pre the presentations were the start of it. And then it formed into this training. And this is the majority of what I do. I still, if people come to me and say, Hey, can you give a presentation? I can do that. But um, the present, the presentation turned into this because people are really good at giving ideas and ideas are fantastic, but they mean absolutely nothing without any um, actual solutions or next steps. So that the, first presentation was a lot of ideas, but what it was really, really good at was that mental shift from ignore this. I don't want to deal with this. Like this is scary to, okay, this is here. It's here to stay. I can use it to my ability. And I have to prepare my students for a future where they have an AI tool. That's so much better. So that is how it started. And then from that, it's like, okay, what are the next steps from that? And then with the training, so session one of the training, it's broken up into four four sections and they're each an hour long, kind of each like four presentations, but session two, three, and four are more hands-on um, with ChatGPT. So session one is a lot like the presentation I was giving. It's pretty much the same thing, getting them to shit mentally and kind of motivating them to learn. And then session two goes into, we talked about those AI resist, that AI resistant content creating questions that are more AI resistant or for elementary teachers that their students might not have the tech literacy. It's more just, we call it just critical thinking questions, improving that thinking, stopping and thinking before giving out assignments. If a student were to go home with this, would they simply be able to plug it in, plug it into ChatGPT and be done. And then session three, we talk about how to ethically integrate AI into the classroom and how it's a slow, slow drip. I'm not here telling them to have all their students hop on artificial intelligence, hop, hop on ChatGPT. No, it's more, okay, we, how can we start it off? Like maybe just the teacher having it on the board, um, maybe a group project where they have to collaborate while using ChatGPT, things of that nature. 
and then session four going into how they can actually use it to streamline their efficiency, um, kind of like we talked about, just emails, lesson planning, things of that nature. And all of this is done through ChatGPT, all ChatGPT prompts to create um, all the, the AI-resistant questions and AI tools. And those AI-resistant questions and AI tools um, from the prompt library, this is absolutely free to any educator out there. There's dozens and dozens of prompts on here that are used throughout the training, but uh, they're just free out there. Yeah, AI-resistant cool. questions, in-class activity, class projects, lesson planning, creating syllabuses, um, creating rubrics, personal growth. These are all things that uh, they're all documents that are ChatGPT prompts that they can simply plug into ChatGPT. And mm. that's all free out there for teachers, as well as a library of AI tools that are used throughout the training, but um, they're free to the public as well here. But, teachers like free stuff. That's yes. Cool. So that's why I wanted to make sure, you know, if a teacher goes to a school that doesn't necessarily, not necessarily take into account AI's existence, and but they mm -hmm. still want to learn more, they're still able to there. Okay. But that's huge. A student who goes to a school that admits AI is here and takes takes into account AI's existence and kind of changes the way they're doing things because AI exists, they're going to set a, their student up for way more success than, than a school who ignores it. They're, they're setting up that student for a troubling future compared to the student who has those critical thinking abilities to uh, withstand technology's advancements. Thanks for coming on here. Um, it it's like, first of all, like, it's great to hear um, from someone that is uh, in school, right? That's yeah. also the comp sci um, background and, and potential nursing background, right? Um, yeah. and, and, I, and I think I always want to echo that. I think that, that your experience you're having with teachers, I think, is, is probably the same nationwide, is that there's like some fear and then there's some use and there's the next step. I, I think we are also wondering like which, which direction is, is education going in and, and, and what are we going to do? Um, and there's people like you out there helping us. So that's fantastic. We appreciate that. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we enjoyed having you. Um, thanks for answering uh, some tough questions, I thought, <laughs> trying to get you, put you on the spot a little bit. You took that well. Um, so yeah, man, thanks a lot. Please keep, uh, keep in touch and we'll um, we'll put your social stuff up on, on the episode notes and everything else. Great. Thank, awesome. great. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you so much for having me on and uh, reaching out. And this was absolutely incredible so thank you thank you thank you all right take it easy all right that's it spot brothers ai for educators this week is william groovy groovy education if you want to check out his stuff um it's linked below also our youtube channel we just this time we just posted just what he screen shared so you can check that out you don't have to watch us talk unless you like to watch us talk i don't know as usual if you like the show please share it with your ai friendly friends give us some stars like us all that stuff also please check us out on uh, social media twitter facebook both Bot brothers ai for educators and uh if you have any if you have any suggestions for us hit us through there there's also a, a survey form on the rss feed uh, check check that out but hope you enjoyed the show all right take it easy